Good morning. Uh, welcome as we come to worship today, whether you're here um, in person or indeed joining us uh, online, we bid you a warm welcome um, to Dara Volga here today. We come with one mind and one purpose to worship, um, to give thanks to God for all that he has done for us, to remember his faithfulness to us uh, and to defile and to... <laughs> See this brain fog from COVID, honestly. Um, and to lighten our hearts as we pray um, to him, to hand over to those worries, those concerns that we have um, to him. Pray for the needs of ourselves and indeed the needs of our world. Um, having seen our internet streams and our newspapers and our news reports this week, uh, our prayers across the world uh, will focus um, around the Ukraine um, and indeed in other places um, today as well. Uh, we begin with uh, some words from Psalm 24 uh, this morning. It says this, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he has founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord, who may stand in his holy place. The one who has clean hands and a pure heart and does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. They have received blessings from the Lord and vindication from God their Saviour. Such is the generation of those who seek him and who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Let's pray together as we begin. Father God, we thank you that you are present with us, that your hand is upon us this morning as we cast uh, this time uh, towards you, as we set this time aside to focus on you. Lord, we pray that this morning as our hearts and minds are open towards you, that we'd receive afresh and anew from you by your Holy Spirit. In your precious name we pray. Amen. The reading is taken from Revelation 3, verses 1 to 6. To the angel of the church in Sardis write, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Obey it and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes, they will walk with me, dressed in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes them will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out his name from the book of life, but will acknowledge his name before my Father and his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Thank you, Ruth. Um, so we continue uh, this uh, series on message sent through these seven letters to the seven churches um, in Revelation. Um, we're coming um, towards the end um, of the seven letters um, as we gather through um, each of these uh, weeks. So message um, sent, we've said all along that this is a time whenever each of these letters has moments of um, commendation and also condemnation and um, that these churches seem in a sense to have good things and also then there's Jesus says to them hold on a wee minute there's something awry or a mess and you accept of course uh, the only one who didn't 
Ephesus had forgotten their first love, um, and so they were to put down roots, uh, and they were given the tree of life. Uh, Smyrna uh, was suffering uh, for their faith, and they were given a crown um, to carry on with. Pergamum uh, were told that their identity was secure, and the word of God is true. Thyatira was last week, um, and they were told that their word was holiness, that he is theirs, and they are his, and to remain secure uh, in that. And so this week we look at the church in Sardis. But as we do that, let's pray before we come before God's Word. Lord, thank you that your Word is living and active. And it speaks to us afresh today, even as these letters were written um, to the churches uh, way back. They speak afresh and anew to us today. So help us uh, as we look at them, uh, as we open our hearts and our minds before your Word today. Amen. So if all of these other churches had different words to describe them, the word that is given to this church in Sardis is life. Um, and life is one of those things that we all want. Um, we want to uh, have a life that is full, uh, a life that is filled with energy, a life that uh, is lived to the full, uh, a life that we can be uh, proud of. Life is, in and its sense, is life-giving. There's something active about it, uh, and there's something real uh, about it. And so it's important that we are alive. Each of these says, he who has an ear, let him hear. You have to be alive to be able to hear. That's a given. But really what these letters are about in this letter to Sardis is not just about ensuring that people are alive physically, but alive spiritually. And we'll come to that a little bit later. But remember, in each of these, Jesus describes himself as something as he opens the letters. And so in first one we hear this. To the angel of the church in Sardis write, these are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. He describes himself as the one who holds the seven spirits and the seven stars. Well, the seven stars of this uh, are already spoken of uh, back as the angels in the other letters, uh, the pastors, the elders. He holds the leaders of the church in his hands. The seven spirits refer to the Holy Spirit, the fact that he is the one who brings life to the church. Uh, otherwise, we are simply just dead if that life is not contained within us. And so in this particular letter, there's a heavy emphasis, 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 seriously. Uh, I normally just preach from bullet points. I'm writing things out even more over these last couple of weeks to make sure that I don't do those kind of things. Uh, but there's a heavy emphasis um, on the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit in this letter. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, the one who comes to live within us whenever we give our lives to God. This church in Sardis, their need was not so much for love. Their church, their need was not so much for encouragement in their suffering, a pushing towards holiness. Rather it was that they would recognize and live because they'd become dead. First one says, these are the words, these are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. They had a reputation for being alive, but they were dead. Now, conversely, in this letter, everybody else has been commended and then condemned. The church in Sardis is condemned and then commended. And I'm not sure which way I'd want to have it round in that sense. You, 
Often people would say to you, do you want the good news or the bad news first? Isn't that right? And you kind of think, well, oh, give me the bad news because maybe the good news will pick me up. Um, or maybe you think, well, give me the good news and then, well, the bad news is going to come anyway. And in a sense, that's what's happening here. They're getting the good news before they get, they're getting the bad news before they get the good news. See, they are condemned in verse 2. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have found your deeds not complete in the sight of my God. They're told that they look alive, but that they're dead. That's their condemnation. In other words, they were probably filled with endless activity. Yet they lacked the presence of the Holy Spirit within that activity that brought life to the church. There's a wee lesson in there for us, isn't there? Now we can be busy doing all of the good things, and we saw that in other letters as well, busy doing all of the good things that churches are expected to do, and so busy doing all of those things that we actually miss the presence of God with us. And the fact sometimes means that we drift so far that we don't actually miss the presence of God because we continue just to do all of the activity and we miss the fact that he is no longer present with us. That is the charge that is for this church in Sardis. In other words, they're bankrupt and broken in the sight of Jesus. In other words, there was nothing setting them apart from any other social club in their city. Is that true of us here in Dervogan? And that's the question as a community of believers gathered in this place that we need to ask ourselves from this letter to Sardis today. What makes us stand out from anybody else in this community? Billy Graham um, often asked this rather poignant question. If you were arrested for being a Christian, would they have enough evidence to charge you? You were arrested for being a Christian. Would they have enough evidence to charge you? It's a really good question. It's a question that makes you think. It's a question that strikes through all of the stuff that's on the surface and gets to the heart of the purpose of your life. The preacher included. Because the church in Sardis didn't seem to have enough evidence to charge them. There was enough activity for somebody, in a sense, to come and arrest them and say, you're possibly a Christian because of all the things that you're doing. But hold on a minute, whenever we actually drill into it and we look at it, are you really? Selwyn Hughes, who I quoted last week, um, said this about this passage, the church that is managed by men and women and not governed by the Holy Spirit is doomed to failure. If we're just doing it because we've always done it, if we're just doing it because we think it's the right thing to do without laying those requests before the Lord, considering his will, working out what is right for us as a church, as a parish, here in Dervogi for this community, and simply following the trends of what other people are doing, and not seeking God's will for us, then we're doomed to failure. 
It's in the seeking of God's will for what he has for us as a parish. What he would have us do. And that, doesn't, that means maybe that we don't restart certain things, but we do start different things. That maybe means that we carry on with certain activities because those are good and right for this season. I mean, it means that we don't necessarily have to look around at all the other churches and say, oh, here's what they're doing. We better jump on that palm wagon as well and start to do that. No, we consider what is right for us. For us as a community of believers who are seeking, as it says on our sign, to know Christ better and to make Christ better known in this community. What is right for us and for our community? How can we serve the streets around us in a way that is appropriate for us, authentic for us? Singing, reading, reciting creeds does not make up a church. It's a group of people who believe in the power of the cross and who are strengthened by the Holy Spirit every single day. Jesus is coming. It's not my words. Find him there in verse 3. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard, obey it and repent. For if you do not wake up, I, Jesus, will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. This last week, I've been asked over and over again, is what's happening across the world another sign of the end of the earth, the end of the age? Now, we could preach whole series on end times, the theology of it, the events that will happen and what pattern could they happen in and when will they happen. At the crux of all of that conversation is this. Jesus will return. And you and I, we need to be ready for his return. A living saving faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. An active witness to other people all around us. Are the events of history playing before us a sign of the end of the age? Is Jesus coming? Well, that day is certainly closer than it was yesterday. <laughs> That's what the Bible teaches us. That event is in the future, but it is certainly getting closer. And so we need to be ready. There needs to be a sense of urgency within us for our friends and for our family. A sense of urgency that we recall God's past faithfulness into our present situation. And we declare that to the world around us. That's what it says in First Thessalonians. Remember what you have received. Remember last week I said I kept quoting a little phrase, calling God's past faithfulness into our present situation. That's a bit like what that is. Remember what you have received. We've received God's faithfulness. We recall that and we carry that into our present. And we tell and show other people about it. That isn't always that we're standing in a soapbox on a street corner with a megaphone. But it may be that we're lifting the phone. We're asking how someone is. That we show concern to our neighbours. That we say that we can carry some groceries to their door if they're self-isolating. And we do all of those things by our lives, by our witness. That people stand up and say, what makes us different from the people around us? It's the fact that we carry the Holy Spirit, that we have life within us, a hope 
that cannot be extinguished. Because there's those in Sardis who are found, who have not soiled their clothes, is the phrase that's said in verse 4. Yet there are a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. There's a few, there's a remnant who are still alive in their faith. Ephesians 5 and 18 says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, the Holy Spirit comes to live within us whenever we become a Christian. But there's also an infilling of his power and his strength every single day. Because as we travel through our life, that power and that strength will decrease as we use it. And so we seek the Holy Spirit to refill us every single day. We seek in the presence of God to be filled afresh by his Holy Spirit. Because the reward outweighs the trial. And we see that in verses 4 and 5. They will walk with me dressed in white, and he who overcomes will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out his name from the book of life. There's two things are given as a reward for this church in Sardis. Other times it's only been one, a tree of life or a crown, or a move towards holiness. Here we see two things. One that will be dressed in white. And white, dressed in white, is always, a, in the scriptures, is symbolic of purity. That there's a cleansing, that there's a rightness before God. And really what this letter is, what Jesus is saying to this church is, that those who remain faithful to me, who fill themselves afresh and you who have life in the Holy Spirit, they will be cleansed and renewed every single day. They will be dressed in white. And that their name will be in the book of life. That's a really important book. I love books. I have one or two at home. One or two hundred at home. Um, I'm an avid reader. Uh, yesterday, I, I was at, uh, there's a little shop in the Belmont Road in Belfast called The Bookwell, Christian bookshop. It does lots of uh, Christian books, but it does lots of other little sort of um, gifts and artifacts and all kinds of stuff. It's a wonderful uh, family-run local business in, in the Belmont Road. And, and every, uh, loads of people give him books, second-hand books they don't want anymore, um, and he keeps them and he sells them. And the money goes to the larder food bank, uh, East Belfast and Mersey Street. And once every so often, he has a massive book sale. And they take over um, St. Mark's Dundella Hall, and he fills it with second-hand books. You come through the door, and you can take as many books as you want, and you can put as much as you want in the basket in the way out. It was on yesterday morning. Ten o'clock, sitting outside, ready to go. Um, and I go, and there are thousands of books. I mean literally thousands of books on tables everywhere. But no one of those books have any significance compared to the Book of Life. All the books that's in Lisburn Central Library have no significance compared to the Book of Life. And we see the Book of Life through the pages of Scripture over and over again. Clearly here in this passage in the letter to Sardis where the names will be written in it. But also very clearly in Revelation 21. A passage that is read quite often, as I maybe begin to quote it, because it's one of those passages that I would use quite a bit. You'll remember it. A new heaven and a new earth, where there will be no more crying and no more pain, no injustice, where everything will be made perfect, where there will be no more chaos. 
towards the end of that passage, it talks about your name being written in the Lamb's book of life. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life whenever we give our life to Jesus as our shepherd. Is your name there? Because Jesus promises not to merely retain your name, but to confess it before his Father. And that is one of the most beautiful things of the gospel. That Jesus Christ, the one who gave his life for you and I, the one who is holy and perfect, will confess your name, my name, before his Father. As it is written in the book of life. What a wonderful promise. Will you be found faithful today? Will I be found faithful today? Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you are present with us. That your Holy Spirit has been at work amongst us today. As you've whispered softly or shouted loudly into the depths of our souls, our hearts, and our very being, give us courage and strength to respond to you. Maybe we come to you for the first time today. Maybe we return to you, having drifted away from you. Maybe we want to be filled again by your Holy Spirit, that we might continue our journey with you. Wherever we fit in, Lord, we pray that we would have strength and courage to take another step forward. In your precious name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, but we can finish today uh, with a little verse from Romans um, chapter 15 and uh, verse 13. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest upon each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.